hello there wild one this is dana your host and welcome back to the wild love a place where weary hearts come alive i am speaking to you today completely off the cuff i have no notes or anything that i'm going by i just genuinely am speaking from the heart not that i'm not otherwise but you know (laughs) so here we go today i want to tell you a couple of things i have one announcement and i have some cool things i want to talk about which is about having needs and why that's important So I'm going to start with the announcement, get that out of the way first, and then we'll go on to the content for today. So my announcement is that this is going to be the last episode of season one, Um, the last episode that you'll hear for a little while. Until further notice, I will definitely let you know. And I have a newsletter sign-up link that you can just throw your email into and I will email you when season two of The Wild Love is back and ready for your listening pleasure. Um, That email, just by the way, the newsletter is not going to be one of those weekly or daily things. It's going to be very intentional. I get pretty overwhelmed with the amount of emails uh, that I've signed up for and often am unsubscribing things. So I'm super sensitive to that. So I just want you to know that I won't be abusing your inbox. Uh, But if you do want to stay in touch and you want to know when the next episode will be going live, then please make sure to sign up. I also have some really exciting goodies coming down the line. I'll put that in the show notes. So the reason that I am pausing this uh, podcast for the moment, for the time being, is really just a matter of capacity, personal capacity. So this podcast is truly just a work of heart. It's um, reflections on what I'm learning. It's, uh, It's really like soul work, you know, and I absolutely love it. But the truth is, is that I have so many other things on my plate at this moment that need to take priority. And even just knowing that I need to uh, finish a podcast um, in time for this Thursday release is a bit stressful. And so what I'm doing is trimming the fat from my life and coming back to it when it feels like I have more space. So uh, I do have a few interviews lined up that I'm very excited about. So there will definitely be more content. I have so much to share with you guys, Um, but it's just not going to be immediate. So I'll keep you posted, which brings me perfectly to what I wanted to talk to you guys about this week, which is about the importance of having needs and stating your needs as a people pleaser especially. So I'm coming from the background of having, uh, historically, and, uh, I would say I'm still in recovery of being a people pleaser of the tendencies of people pleasing, um, which we can also correlate with codependency and, um, anxious attachment, um, love addiction, all these things that I've mentioned before. 
are very real things that I have historically dealt with and that I am really healing from today, actively. And to be honest, isn't healing just something that we're always going to be doing? (laughs) When people are like, oh, healing is this thing where you, you know, you go through a season of healing and then, and then you're, you move on. Like that is just so not my experience and it's not the experience of anyone that I know. So I just want to normalize that, you know, I say I'm in recovery from these things because you know what, I might always be living with these tendencies, but it's how quickly can you catch it? How quickly can you recover from it? Um, so these are really beautiful things that help me or ideas that just help me to like take the pressure off and be grateful for how far I've come. And, uh, yeah, it it truly is like, it's just a kindness, (laughs) if you will. Okay. So I want to tell you a little story. I am a mentor with this incredible organization, um, here in Chicago called Guitars Over Guns. And we, um, we mentor students in the public schools in after school programming, uh, through music. So I teach songwriting primarily and guitar. Um, and it's just this incredible, incredible organization that is truly a dream job. Um, so I'm set up with co-mentors that, uh, we, and we work together at our sites. And, um, so last year was my first year and I was a site coordinator and I had, um, not realized how much I was going to be in charge of my team of mentors in addition to, uh, running like, well, coordinating the site and the organization and yada, yada. I don't need to tell you all the details, but, I, I didn't realize is what I'm saying, how much I needed to expand my ability to lead a group, um, of fellow, of peers, of musicians and, uh, co-mentors, um, which involved just setting up time to kind of just share the load of lesson planning and classroom management, et cetera. So last year I learned these lessons kind of the hard way about halfway through the year. I, um, and this was all on me. I just did not know that I needed to ask for help. I had a very hard time asking the people on my team to help share the load of the work with me. And then I hit a point of burnout to be honest. And, um, finally had a conversation with my team and they were extremely supportive and totally stepped up and, and saw my needs and saw, um, Oh wow. Like we definitely want to help you out. Of course. So lesson learned that people will not be able to fill your needs until you tell them what your needs are. Um, and I've learned this in so many different types of relationships, but this one in particular has been just really eye opening, and it's been such an just a fantastic learning experience because it's such a beautiful, healthy work environment that has allowed me to, um, to learn some lessons I really needed to learn. So, uh, fast forward to this year, I have a new co-mentor and there's just two of us this year. Um, and I was finding myself getting anxious because we hadn't really nailed down a time where we were going to meet on the regular and it just felt like it was really difficult to get in touch with him 
and to have clear lines of communication. So I started to get anxious and, um, uh, and so one night I decided, you know what, I'm not going to allow this to become like a, um, I'm not going to allow this to fester and become a bigger anxiety than it needs to be. I'm actually going to clearly state my needs and state, like just share where I'm at before the school year gets off and running because I don't want to hit a point in the middle of the year where I'm doing all of the work and I look over at my co-mentor and I'm like, where have you been? (laughs) Why weren't you helping me? Because to be honest, that's not fair to him and that's not fair to me. So what I did was I, I couldn't get in touch with him easily via phone. So instead of texting or emailing, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to send a voice text. So I sent him a voice text and I, I just was very clear with him. And I said, you know, I, I understand, you know, we both have different needs and we have different capacities and things that make us anxious and not. And one of my needs is that we have clear communication and that we meet weekly to plan together so that we can share the load. And I shared with him the story I just shared with you about how I did not state my needs um, or even know that I should state my needs last year uh, with my team and how that really contributed to a lot of burnout, which then trickled down into the classroom and created a culture of a little bit of chaos in the classroom even as well. So I was like, you know, in order for this year to run really smoothly and for the kids to have the best of us, we need to be the best for each other. And so let's, let's share our needs and communicate those. And he totally pulled through, gave me a call. He was so appreciative of me vocalizing and communicating my needs very clearly. Um, and he was like, of course we can definitely do that. I can fill that need. That's, that is not too much to ask. You've got it. Thank you for telling me, you know, it's amazing. It's that in and of itself was just so validating. It felt so good. I'm like, wow, here, this is, this is how relationships can work when we can state our needs when we can create a, like a dynamic of safety and security and openness and kindness, um, where nothing is hidden. You can, you can share how you're truly feeling without offending, you know, um, because you're, you're like, I'm going to assume the best. I'm going to assume that you actually do want to work with me. And that goes for any kind of relationship. So that was wonderful. Fast forward a couple days ago, so this is several weeks after that initial um, needs conversation. Several days ago, um, this week we were we were meeting. We had our uh, our session, and just beforehand we were we were chatting. Me and my co mentor, and he told me he's like, you know, that message that you left. He said, Dana, there I saved those voice messages so I could listen back again, and I even had a friend of mine listen to hear how you communicated. He said, Dana, you communicated in such a way that felt like it was so kind. How you were saying what you needed was so kind, but it almost, it was like you commanded me to respect you. 
And I, at first kind of clenched my fist. I'm like, well, wait, that doesn't sound good. That sounds like manipulation. The word command. He's like, no, I don't mean it like that. He said, it would have been a manipulation if you gave me an ultimatum or, you know, we're very rigid. He said, but you weren't, you left open space for me to make a decision and to respond to you in a way that felt good for me. And he, he's, he used the term, um, regal. He was like, it felt very regal or like queen, like the way that you communicated these needs. He said, you didn't just state your needs. What you did was so vulnerable. He said, you stated your needs. You also told me a story that helped me to empathize with you so that I could understand that this was really important to you. And he was referring to the story I just told you about how in the past I have not been good about doing this and it led to burnout and I saw how it it impacted more people than just me and how this is something I'm actively working on. Um, And he just, he was really mesmerized by how this type of communication um, actually like the way that it brought him to act like what it brought out in him. And then he finished by stating that him and his friend had a discussion about it afterwards, after he showed him this voice text of mine. And him and his friend were saying, if everyone could learn to communicate like this, the world would be a kinder, safer, more beautiful, less violent place. And that to me was like this mic drop moment, this moment where I, I realized, first of all, how far I had, had come, that the work I've been doing to communicate well and to be brave and courageous in my communication is really paying off. And the, the way it, the dividends are not just in, in regards to me being like proud of myself, but it's actually, it pays off because it, it gives other people permission to step up and be brave and and look at their the way that they communicate and and want to be better and kinder as well. So I, I share that with you because as a person who may identify as um, having people pleasing tendencies, I'm guessing maybe maybe that's something you deal with if you're listening to this podcast. I want to encourage you to really think about people pleasing. I, um, I always thought that being overly nice and overly friendly, um, that those were good things. I associated them, like I've said before on this podcast, with being a good girl, with being a good Christian. And more recently, I've discovered that people pleasing and codependency, we as a society have... Um, well, we're coming out of this now. I think we're really learning and being more um, aware as a society in this realm. But overall, at least in Christian culture, especially, we have sort of put put these these uh, tendencies up on a pedestal as if they are good, and if you have them, you're better than other people because you're kinder and you're nicer and you're like this big light. And the truth is, is it's actually 
people pleasing is actually manipulation and it doesn't look like narcissism, like narcissistic, uh, narcissistic manipulation looks that can look pretty scary outright. Um, but codependent behavior is also a form of manipulation, but the way that they do it is just sugarcoated and that that's just, it's still a lie. It's still manipulated. Um, and yeah, what the way that we do it is that we, we try to bend ourselves, bend our preferences, bend our needs, um, to please the people around us so that they will like us so that they will meet our needs. Um, this has shown up in my life as like victim behavior, um, being the damsel in distress. Um, and these are real things, real, uh, archetypes that I have been, um, you know, with realistic, uh, excuses, um, reasonable reason. Um, for example, being sick, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease at nine years old and I was very sick throughout my childhood. My twenties were spent for the most part in a hospital room. I wasn't trying to be in a hospital room consciously, but subconsciously, you know, I think that there, there are, um, I have to look at, well, what was I getting out of it? What I was getting out of it was, I mean, it can go really deep here. I'm just off the cuff as you know, but what I got out of that was, was kind of like a, a pass, a hall pass from life. Um, I got to be taken care of. I was a damsel and I was in distress and I, I felt comforted. I felt, um, taken care of and nourished by my family, by my friends. People to, were so willing to take care of me. Um, and, and there is, so as now I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go back to that place. I'm so, um, you know, seeking after autonomy and, um, being able to take care of myself and have that freedom now and not having to, um, be in a hospital bed, um, in order to feel connected to other people. Um, I'm going down a rabbit trail right now, but what I'm saying is that there's always a, um, there's always a benefit to the archetype, to the mask that we wear. So as somebody who is codependent, um, or has the tendencies of codependencies or the tendencies of people pleasing, there are benefits. Um, some of the benefits, even just more surface level for me, were winning the superlative for the friendliest girl, you know, in high school several times. Um, that felt really good to me being praised by, um, religious leaders for being so long suffering, um, being praised by other women in the church for, for the amount of suffering I was doing within my marriage. I mean, truly I, I was getting, I was getting so many accolades, you know, these emotional accolades for, suffering at the hands of other people for being a people pleaser for being codependent. So that was a long little, uh, 
that was a long way for me to, to get to the place where I just wanted to say that being able to know what your needs are is so important. And so I want to invite you to think about what your needs are in your relationships. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling like you have way too many things on your plate, it's time to really take a look at what you have on your plate and what is necessary and what is the fat that can be trimmed and how you can ask people in your circle to support you. And, um, and I know it might feel like there's nothing you can do, but I trust me, you, there are ways that you can find, um, support. There are things you can take off your list and sometimes you need support in doing that. So even asking a friend or a counselor or a coach to sit down with you and really help you to look at that. I know it's hard because people like, if you're anything like me, have so many passions, have so many things they want to do and get done and not everything can happen all at once. And for the things that need to happen, um, there, there are creative ways you can ask for help. So I just want to put that out there and challenge you to look at your needs and ask bravely for the people in your life to help fill some of those needs. Think of ways that you can ask people to do that. It actually strengthens your relationships because people love to fill needs um, for others. They do. If you care about someone, you want to know what their needs are. And of course, there are different needs that we can have within different relationships. And I just invite you to look into that this week. So one of my needs with regards to my work and my creativity, my creative work, is to take this podcast off of my priority list for the time being because there are other things that I need to prioritize to, in order to, um, to make my goals that I have set for myself this year, by the end of this year. And I will come back to this place, to this podcast when the time is right. And so I appreciate you for honoring my need to take a pause and, yeah, I so I guess my takeaways, the simple takeaways for today's episode are to think about if you identify as a people pleaser, number one, if you identify as a people pleaser, think about the benefits that you receive from pleasing everyone, from bending over backwards. What are the things that you get out of that? Do you get praised? for being, for always being available? Do you get praised for always being the one to be helpful? Is that, is that the identity that you want? Is that really, um, is that really why you want to be liked? Or how about (laughs) even thinking about, do you build resentment 
when you continuously bend over backwards and other people don't step up to the plate in the same way that you do for you. Um, These are all things to start thinking about and looking into and just becoming more aware of because true kindness and true authenticity in relationships is when there there's no resentment and that's why stating your needs so number two on the the simple takeaway is being able to know what your needs are in the context of different relationships and in regards to boundaries with work and um the way you spend your time um but yeah i i lost my train of thought i was going somewhere but I think those are two simple takeaways that will help you grow an awareness of why you do what you do and how to become a better friend and lover and coworker, partner. Um, when you can, when you can act from a place where you feel grounded and centered because you know who you are and you know what your needs are and you're not saying yes to everyone just because you feel like that's what you have to do in order to be liked, but rather you have the courage to say no and here's why. I'm actually really trying to take care of myself and I don't have the capacity for that, but, and maybe that's a period or maybe there's a but How about if we do it like this? How about this alternative? You can state something that feels good to you, that feels like it it could be, you know, a negotiation in in between the two parties. So anyway, when you can come at relationships from that place where you're not constantly um, yielding and submitting to everybody's needs and letting go of your own, you're actually going to become more of a full self a full person that can be brought to the table. And that is the type of person who can give energy rather than take it away. And, and that's where you can actually pour out from a full glass rather than keep trying to pour from an empty glass that never really gets replenished. And at some point will burn out and, totally evaporate right um so we want to keep our glasses full so that we can continue to pour out onto our communities onto our loved ones and that is my challenge to you today to look into those ways in which maybe you're not aware that you're um acting out of people-pleasing tendencies and the opposite of people-pleasing i want to make sure to state is not being mean or unkind it's not being rigid even the opposite is really just having a moment to maybe put your hand on your heart and close your eyes and take a deep breath and ask do I have capacity to say yes to this invitation or or ask or whatever it is that's coming at you do I have capacity to add another thing to my plate really taking the time to be honest with yourself. And it could be a full body yes, or it could be a, you know what, I really don't, I don't have the capacity at this time, but thank you for asking me. You know, I don't like the whole 
there's like this, I feel like it's a trend now that that statement that no is a full sentence. I'm like, okay, does anyone say, Hey friend, can you go out on Friday night with me? I'd really like to hang out. If my friend just answered no period, I would be like, what the frick? Like seriously? Um, that's just not, I don't think that's a really kind way to talk, to speak. Um, so I prefer, you know, you don't need to over explain, but you can say no and you can add some words onto that. But thank you so much. It's not going to work this week. Or I'm going to give you one more example here that was a very powerful way of communicating and, and then I'll hop off. A few weeks ago, I went on a date. This was before my dating detox began, by the way, which is going well. It has been hard and um, healing and all the things. It's been a really eye-opening and um, catalytic experience. I'll be honest. Um, but anyway, back to the date before the dating detox began, I was out with this guy. We talked for several hours and, um, but I clearly, it, it to me was very clear from almost the very beginning that this was not going anywhere. We had very different, um, views on some things that are very important to me and, to him also, <laughs> but we had some very interesting conversations. So it was, it was intriguing and it, you know, it was, um, in just a communication perspective. So, uh, anyway, I knew that I did not want to go out with this guy again. Um, one time was enough and he, he seemed to be pretty interested in a second date. He, I mean, he asked me to, if I was interested, like just out of the blue, as we're finishing up, he was like, so what did you think about this? And it totally caught me off guard. And in the moment I kind of, you know, dodged and I was like, um, yeah, well, this was a great conversation. <laughs> and he's like, what do you think about a second date? And, uh, I kind of just was like, oh yeah, well, I, you know, I was giving mixed signals. I was like, yeah, I said it like that. But then I said, you know, we have some pretty different views on some very important things, but this was a great discussion. And, um, so I did not clearly communicate in that moment, which was totally operating out of that anxious people pleasing tendency. Cause I didn't want to hurt his feelings. However, I went home and I realized, you know what, Dana, you don't appreciate being led on. You appreciate clear communication, even if it hurts in the moment, in the long run, that is so helpful. And it's like, it's like cauterizing a wound instead of like allowing it to like continue to fester and continue to be ripped open. It's like, just seal it. It's done. Right. So the next morning I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to send a very brave text message to this fella. So I sent him a message and I said, thank you so much for meeting up last night. It was, it was a really great discussion. I had a great time learning about your life and whatnot. And, um, and then I said, you know, you caught me off guard when you asked me about a second date 
and I apologize for not being more clear, but what I want to say is that I'm not interested in a second date and here's why I don't feel that we are compatible and, um, on some pretty big issues that are very important to, to both of us. Um, and I said, you know, it's really that it's important for me to say this very clearly because I don't want you to wonder what it was. Like I'm telling you the full truth and I don't want to leave you wondering. And I want you to be able to move forward and find someone who is your total match, you know? And I received a message back from him and he was so appreciative of my clarity in communication once again. So I, I share that with you just as another inspiration to, to be really clear in the way you communicate and you can be clear while still being kind. And actually I'd argue that being clear is kindness. It is kindness. So, um, I want to, I guess I'll leave you with that. I have so much more I could say and so much more I could go into, but I think that's enough for one episode and I hope it leaves you excited for the next season that will come around at some point, but make sure to head to the show notes or you can go to danamariemusic.com and sign up for the newsletter. It'll be there for you. Um, if the link for some reason does not work, just head over to my Instagram and shoot me a DM with your email address and I will add you to the email newsletter, which again will just be um, with highly valuable uh, content only when necessary, not on a consistent crazy basis. And I just am so grateful for you guys being here. It's been so much fun to uh, to start this podcast and to get some of my ideas and thoughts out into the world and to have conversations with a lot of you in real life about what you picked up from, from the episodes thus far. So thank you for being here. And until next season, keep loving and living courageously and wildly. And yeah. I'll catch you on the flip side, as they say. (laughs) See you guys.